Aloha, and welcome to The Word of Hope with Ralph Moore, pastor of Hope Chapel Kaneohe. Hope Chapel exists to grow ordinary people into faithful, productive followers of Jesus Christ, equipping them through Bible teaching, fellowship, breaking of bread, and prayer. Today, Pastor Ralph concludes his message entitled, Coming to God Together. We're still in the book of Ephesians. And now with part two, here's Pastor Ralph. Ephesians chapter four, verse one, talks about living a worthy life and being called by God. It goes on in the second part, it talks about allowing for each other's faults. He says, be humble and gentle. Be patient with each other, making allowance for each other's faults because of your love. The word humble there means be modest. Don't be braggy about who you are and what you have and what you can do. You know, there's nothing wrong with admitting that you know something or that you're proficient at something or that you're good at something. But that's different than bragging about it. And God's calling us to be gentle. This is part of being living a life that's worthy and living up to our calling. He calls us to be patient with each other, making allowance for each other's faults. Now, here's where it gets sticky. How many of you in this room would just raise your hand and say, I'm perfect? <laughs> now look around you at how many hands are up. And here's where he nails you. There's no gradation of, of, of fault here. There's no overlook this, don't overlook that. What he just says is, watch, watch it, read it. Making allowance for each other's faults. And then he says what? Because of what? Because of your love. Because of your love. Make allowance for each other's faults because of your love. When Jesus was asked what's the most important thing that you can do, he says, love God with all your heart, your mind, your soul. And then, he's, and then he volunteered very quickly. And the second thing is this, love your neighbor as yourself. You make allowance for their faults, not because they're repentant of them, not because they're working hard on changing. You make allowance for their faults. In other words, you overlook their faults because of the love that's inside of you, not because of anything that's inside of them. And all at once, God is calling us to be godly. You know, you use the word godly, and, and, and what always comes to mind is somebody who reads their Bible a lot or prays a lot or, or whatever. I believe those are tools to help you get godly. But the description of godly is what we've just read in the scripture. You make allowance for each other's faults because of your love. Now you're starting to act like God who made allowance for your faults because of his love. Now you're a godly person. Does this make sense? Does it sound very religious? I mean, see, to me, religion... Is all about, I get a snooty look on my face and look down on you because I'm high and holy. I'm pious. This is exactly the opposite. This will work on the shop floor. This will work in the back office of that law firm. This will work in the bank. This will work when you're out surfing and somebody cuts you off. This will work when you tell a lie about how big a fish you caught and your friend tells a bigger lie. Moving on. Look at the last part here. Because this is where I told you this part is kind of the knife edge. This is where we move from here's what God's made available into here's how to live a successful life. He says, always keep yourselves united in the Holy Spirit and bind yourselves together with peace. Always keep yourselves united in the Holy Spirit. How do you stay united in the Holy Spirit? 
Well, I think that you stay united in the Holy Spirit by staying hooked up with some other people and the purpose for your being together is to talk about what's going on between you and the Lord. Uh, there, there, there's something that is, I keep saying this over and over, I hope it's getting through to you, but Hawaii is really a different place right now than it was five years ago. And it's a different place than the mainland USA is. In that, this prayer movement that really got started with a bunch of kids in this church auditorium. Do you understand that last week on Sunday night, there were 280 high school kids in this room worshiping the Lord Jesus Christ? That's phenomenal. Three years ago, there were 85. We're cooking here. We're making a difference. But it's not just us. It's the other churches. And, and, and they started this prayer thing. And, and what happened is it got, it, it got traction, not because of good marketing. It got traction because God started answering prayers in ways that, you, that were just undeniably God. And now it's been picked up and it's being duplicated in campuses all around the state of Hawaii. People are beginning to zero in on their zip code and start to pray for things in their zip code. We're, we're you know, looking for, it's kind of like the old Catholic parish mentality. This is my area. This is my turf. This is my area of responsibility. I'll pray for things going on in here. We all come from different zip codes. We all should, remember that little bookmark I gave you a few weeks ago? Pray for those things inside of your zip code. We actually have one of our churches that, that, that changed its name. From Hope Chapel, then the neighborhood that they're in, they, they call it Hope 96817. And they just have just, you know, popped their name because they're beginning to think about this. But what, one of the things that, that I see happening over and over and over again, I keep hearing more and more and more stories, is little groups are getting started of twos and threes in, in businesses, in offices, in parks, in the school campuses for sure. Uh, that are a little kind of like lunchtime get-togethers. And, and they get together, and basically, if you want to start one, somebody came and asked us permission, is it okay if I start one of those? Don't ask. Why would you need permission? You know, I don't want this to be a permission church. I want this to be a yes church. If you think there's something good, you know, find a need and fill it. And, and so it, it, it doesn't have to have a leader. You know, I'd like, to, I'd like to get something like that going, but I don't want to be the leader. Well, then don't be. Just get you and your friend and get together and start praying and, and then just haul anybody else in that comes along. And, and, and these, these things are getting started. A lot of them are starting around the purpose-driven life. It's, it's still a live issue in our country. A lot of them are just, they get together and they share whatever they got out of the scripture and their own Bible reading the week. I mean, you kind of do three things. Here's how to, how to, how to have one of these, the high school kids are calling them a J group, a Jesus group. Here's how to start a, a Jesus group. You get together with you and your friend and you agree to do three things. Eat food together, because that gets you going. Talk about what God's doing in your life together, and then pray for what needs to be prayed for, and say bye. It's that easy. But what's happening is, the church is starting to get into the world instead of always trying to beg people to come to church. And, and, and as people around you begin to be aware of what's going on, and they will be very quickly, first some of them will sneer at you, but then somebody starts to you know, find out that they're going to get a divorce and they don't know where to turn. And there you are. And, and, and now you've positioned yourself. And, and good stuff is happening. But it says we get together. 
It says, always keep yourselves united in the Holy Spirit. How, what does that mean, to be united in the Holy Spirit? I know so many times there's somebody trying to get, get us to gather up all of the people in our church and go someplace and have a big blowout at the stadium or something. And in the interest of unity. Well, I don't know how you can be in unity with 50,000 people. And just showing up doesn't sound much like unity. Unity, to me, has to do with relationship. I think no ministry ever happens outside of relationship. That's why we have these little ministry times in our church where we join together and pray together. We're trying to just get you used to realizing that you're the body of Christ. And, and, it's, and it's not a few pastors up here doing things. It's God getting us together. And, and that brings me to this scripture that I want to share with you in Matthew chapter 18. And it's verses 19 to 20. He says, I also tell you this, if two of you agree down here on earth concerning anything you ask, my Father in heaven will do it for you. If two of you agree together in prayer, then my Father will do whatever you ask. And then he says, where two or three gather together because they are mine, I am there among them. Now, I, I think that in our sort of Western mentality a bigger is better. We've always thought, that's great. If two or three get together in his name, he's there. But if two or three hundred get together, better yet. But there's something that happens when it's two or three that can't happen when it's, it's a huge crowd. You know, my friend Carl Jones got up here last night to make the announcements. And uh, he and his wife, Memory, uh, actually came to the Lord in a mini church that I pastored a long time ago. And we're really close with them. And we... Uh, you know, we end up going to their house for Thanksgiving all the time. And, you know, we just, we're, we're just good friends. And, and so he got up and he started announcing mini church. And if you're not in the mini church and you're looking for one and you show up here on a Wednesday night, there'll be a couple of little mini churches formulating that Carl runs uh, on, on Wednesdays just to kind of help people find their way into mini church. And, and so he got up and he started making jokes about mini church and he starts telling everybody, you know, you, you can, you can get together in a little group and, and argue about what Pastor Ralph said on the weekend and criticize it. And, uh, but you know what, once in a while, that's not a bad idea. It is, is a, you know, because you can debate it or, or you can ask questions about it or, you know, you can, you can drive it home in your heart. There's things that can happen in twos and threes that ha cannot happen with two or three hundred people here. And, you know, it's great to have this structured thing that we call mini church. That's wonderful. And thank the Lord for it. And we want to do more of it. But you also don't have to have the structure. You could just get together and start to, you know, build a little pact. We're going to get together on Thursdays and eat lunch together and hang out. Or we're going to go try to go surf together. You know, I used to surf with some people every Monday morning. And, and we'd have a little prayer meeting out there in the water in between paddling, you know. And you, you, just, you just find ways of getting together in the Lord's name. So here's the two things. Now watch this. In Ephesians 2, it said, you don't get a relationship with God by doing good things. It's all free. But then it says after you have a relationship with God, he expects you to do good things. So now I'm in this place where I'm, I've come to the Lord. It's all by grace. But now I'm in a cause and effect world. I do this. He does that. I don't do this. He doesn't do that. The Bible directly says this. You have not because you ask not. Okay. Jesus says two things in this, this passage. If you get together in my name... I'll be there with you. But if you don't get together, then the inverse would be true. And then he says, if two or more of you agree touching anything, 
my father will do it. But if you don't agree, then the father isn't going to do it. So all of a sudden this becomes pragmatic, not a religion deal. It's just, I want stuff from God. There's stuff I need. I want God to do, so I'm going to pray. But he says, get together with others and then agree together in prayer. Now, if you're not together, you can't agree together. If you are together, you can agree together. And I, 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 I have this interesting relationship with Aaron Suzuki. And some of you don't know him because Aaron's out. He's part of our staff, but he's always out visiting churches. Right now he's in Japan with our team. Uh, we send him to Japan about four times a year. He also... Um, is out every Sunday morning in a different one of the churches that we oversee here and, and just blessing the people and, and you know, kind of looking after the pastors. But we started this church together. If you ever come on a Saturday night and there's a guy that looks like Mr. Miyagi at the back door, that's Aaron. You know, standing there greeting people going, wax on, wax off. I can remember when, when Aaron first became a Christian, he was an engineer at American Honda. He was on his way to killing himself that day. Had the time, place, and all the drugs in his pocket. And a friend of his uh, took a chance, and not knowing this, just knew he was down, and, and shared the Lord with him. And Aaron accepted the Lord and saved his life. Eventually uh, married his girlfriend, you know, now as a pastor. But in those early years when Aaron was a, was a, a young Christian, he would always like to come to my house because he could learn stuff about the Lord from me. Well, I'd like him to come to my house because he's an engineer at American Honda. He knew a lot about cars, and he drove Hondas so they didn't break down. He had a lot of time on his hands. And I was into English cars, which always break down, so I was always overdriven. And Aaron would come, and, and we rebuilt a couple motors together and did a few things like that. But I could remember a lot of times when you get, you know, you're in some tight spot, nothing's working, you can't make it happen. It's 11.30 at night, the auto parts is closed, and, and, and Aaron would pipe up and go, well, can we pray about this? You know, me, the pastor, hadn't even thought of it. And, um, and, 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 but his faith would somehow launch my faith. And there's that thing that happens. And, and today, it's still that way often. We'll come up with some crisis that we're dealing with someplace. And I'm fuming and fussing and scheming and trying to figure out how to do it. And Aaron will go, well, maybe the Lord would do something here if we just would pray. And, and see, there's this thing that happens when you get together and it kind of kickstarts your faith. And you, and you begin to, to go places because of your faith. And, and I think there's this third element, and that is this, that, that God likes unity. And that when we're in unity with each other, it causes God to, to smile on us and want to do good for us. Let's go back to Ephesians. I want to read one last little phrase here, and then I want to share a story. He says, always keep yourselves united in the Holy Spirit. And then it says, bind yourselves together with peace. When it says bind yourselves together, it literally means to tie yourself up as though you were tying yourself with ropes. You know, I can think of people that, that would be tied to their hands and then tied to each other. Tie yourselves up together as if tying yourselves with ropes, but with peace. Peace is a choice. I can choose to have enmity toward you and anger, or I can choose to have peace toward you. For some of you in your marriage need to listen really closely to what I just said. I can choose to have enmity toward you, or I can choose to have peace. You know, if you don't appreciate your spouse, then put yourself on a course of starting to do nice things for them. And you'll start to find out that they turn into a much nicer person. 
They probably actually will change. But for one thing is, you make the investment in them, it'll change your heart toward them. But there's some of us that choose to have hostility toward our spouse continually, or our next door neighbor, or somebody that we know in church, whatever. And, and, and it ruins us, it isolates us. And he's saying here, choose to bind yourself together in peace. You know, I've seen people in this church probably eight times, that, that people who have who've been in our church young, they, they get married in our church, they raise their kids in our church, their kids get up to about junior high school age, and all of a sudden they get mad at somebody. And they decide to go take a hike, they're out of here. And, and, and I think, man, you put all this in, and, and all this energy, and all this love, and all this family that you got, and suddenly you got mad at one person, and so you decide you're cutting off all of that from your life, that is really, can I just say it, S-T-U-P-I-D. But worse than that, why would you want to do that to your children? Well, your children have a, have, a, have a life. I mean, our youth group is literally pulling kids out of drugs and alcohol and these little sex parties going on. And why would you want to take your kids, cut them off from all their friends, put them into your, I'm going to wander around till I find a church search, get them good and lost to where they don't want to have anything to do with anything of the Lord, and just sort of leave them out hanging out tonight. Why would you want to do that? Bind yourselves together in peace. But I think God smiles on us more when we are in peace. My wife and I were going down the street a few weeks ago, and there was somebody having a garage sale, and they had a, an exercise bike. And I, I, I figured out you can read a book and ride a bike at the same time. That's a pretty good deal. And so um, we bought an exercise bike, and it had this little stair-stepper thing. And I hate the thing. She likes it. I hate it. But my grandchildren discovered it last Sunday night. And oh, my gosh. They were fighting and fussing and fuming and going on. They couldn't either one of them get on that exercise bike and make it work because their legs wouldn't work. Uh, she's six, and he's three. And the stair-stepper, they, like, they both liked, and so they're fighting over the thing. Now, these are good little kids. They're really gentle, and she goes around hovering over him like a mother. You know, make sure you got your slippers, Isaac, you know, this and that. And he's wanting to make sure people treat his sister gently. He's, he's protective of her. It's really cool to watch. But they get in their moments, and they were in one of those moments. And, and Ruby was inside cooking dinner. I was sitting on the patio with them, and... And, uh, and this, this squabble is just going on and on and on and on and on. And then I went in the house for something. I come back out, and somehow they have made two decisions. Uh, I'm gone. These little kids, it's like I'm blown away. The one is that if you sit on the front of the exercise bike backwards, your, pe your feet will reach the pedals. And so you could do that. <laughs> And so they can take turns, and they had, they had gotten down to, they were going to ask me, how long is three minutes, so we can take three-minute turns. They had figured that out. The second thing they had figured out is that we can also both get on the stair-stepper, because that was the cool one, at the same time. He's short, so he can get in front. She's tall, she can get in back, and they, can, they could do this thing together. And it was, it was just peace and quiet after that. I want you to know that they set themselves up for just about anything they would have asked Grandpa for, they would have gotten. <laughs> because I enjoyed so much watching them come together. It wasn't just peace and quiet. It was the joy of watching them enjoy each other. Now, as we look at Ephesians, he said, here's all this stuff God's made available to you. And he's going to tell us, here's how to live a life 
because of the cross. And you just have to make the life count. But it really comes down to this business. You choose to live a life worthy of your calling. You choose to reflect God's love by choosing to overlook somebody else's faults. And I'm going to be godly in this. And then you choose to join yourselves together with peace because that's the position in which God can do stuff in your life and will answer the prayers and will make this stuff happen. Is this good stuff? Well, let's pray together and then we'll be on our way out of here. Lord, as we come to you this morning, we just open ourselves to you. We want our life to turn out how you want our life to turn out. And God, we know that that's good. That your words toward us would be good on you, Mike. Lord, that's what the gospel is all about. That Jesus died on the cross so that our life could be good. And Lord, we thank you for that. We open our hearts to you this morning. And, and Lord, where there's areas of, of change that need to take place, convict us. Lord, while we were sitting here in church, we were thinking about somebody who we're critical of. And, and we were hearing the Spirit say into our heart that you need to lighten up on that person. Or maybe you need to apologize. Lord, as, as we were talking about getting together in twos and threes, uh, several of us had thoughts run through our mind. I could get together with this person. Lord, help us to not just let that be a passing thought, but to, but to, to deal with it and to act on it. Lord, help, help us to, to shed the whole idea of religion and get real heavy into relationship. Something that really cooks. Lord, when we think of a calling, Lord, that, that it's whatever you want me to be, I want to be. Whatever your plan is, it must be a good one. And God, bring us together in unity. Lord, unity in the faith so that, that, that we're, we're, we're tight with two or three other people. And that we got, a, we got a little prayer net around us. And we got some people that we can trust and entrust our problems to. So that we can come to you and get answers. In Jesus' name. Now keep your eyes closed for a moment longer. If you're here and you just, you need to pray a prayer that would say, God, I'm inviting you into my life. I want what you got for me. And I, I know that I'm really sort of outside the circle of, of a relationship with you. And, and you'd like to pray and invite the Lord to come into your life. I, I'd like to pray with you. And I, what we're going to do is I'll pray out loud. You pray silently. But you pray. You say the words that I'm saying, just like we just did. And then as, as, as you do that, God's going to hear that prayer. And he's going to answer. He's going to come into you. We're going to pray in about 30 seconds. If you want to pray with me. I want you to tell me that we're praying together. Just so you've done something. Just so it isn't just in your head. If you want to pray and, and, and invite the Lord in, I want you to look at me right now. And just tell me we're going to pray together. I see you, sir. Who else? And you? And you? Both together. That's good. And you? Good. And I see you back there, sir. Who else? You want to invite the Lord into your life? You? Good. And you? All right. Okay, see you. If I missed you, wave at me. Just put your hand up. Okay, let's pray. God, I, the good that you want to put on me, I want to receive. And I realize that I have basically lived my life apart from you. I've kind of done my own thing, let you do your own thing. And, and, and that's what the Bible calls sin. It's just that attitude that says I'll ignore God. And, and so, Lord, I'm asking you to forgive me for that. I've dishonored you in that. 
And, and Lord, as you forgive me, accept me into your family. And God, begin to pour out uh, your leadership into my life and pour out your blessings in my life. God, I realize that uh, I, I need more faith than I have right now. And, and that comes as I get to know you through the scripture. I read about you. I get to know you through hanging out with other people. And, and Lord, I pray that, that you'll, you'll build my faith and you'll build me strong and, and that you'll, you'll begin to operate very, very heavily in my life in real strong ways. Lord, begin to pour out your goodness in everything that I do. Lord, that, that I would receive your direction, that you'd speak to me deep in my soul and that, and that things would turn out well. God, I pray that you'd, that you'd put yourself on display in my life in the next few days. Do some, some real strong, miraculous things so that I know that I got a hold of something here. This isn't just a church deal. This is about a relationship with God. I pray that you'd do that for me. And I'll just do my best to follow you. In Jesus' name, amen. You've been listening to The Word of Hope with Ralph Moore, pastor of Hope Chapel, Kaneohe. 